Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome or welcome back to the Bridge Church Podcast. Please, at the end of this podcast, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Head over to thebridgelive.org and find access to all of our church information. Plus, it's the easiest way to share content with a friend and keep up with everything going on around here at the Bridge Church. But most importantly, I hope you find the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey, getting from where you are to where you want to be. Cross that bridge. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Hey, it's Sunday. It's the middle of May, May 17th, 2020, week 10 of the COVID-19 lockout, lockdown. Hallelujah. It's progressing. We are making progress. Hallelujah. The governor of the great state of Utah has moved us from orange to yellow, which is encouraging. We're beginning to be able to go out, which is minimal risk, which is great. Um, my conversation with the community center has is going well, our communications, um, but no word yet on resuming services. And I say that um, just believing the best and knowing that your safety and our safety is number one. Uh, we don't want to put anybody in harm's way. We don't want to make it so uh, this thing comes back, right? Nobody wants to go through this again. So we're just being careful. In the meantime, uh, we're streaming, we're Bible studying online right here on this platform, on YouTube, on all the Spotify and the podcasts and the rest. And um, good news in that front, uh, we have ordered some different streaming equipment, which was hard to find, by the way. But uh, we're going to change our stream around a little bit, change the location right here out of the home office, um, be able to put some scriptures and some other things up behind me so that um, if you don't have a Bible or if you want to look at words, you can see them. So that's coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Again, no word when we can meet again. Um, ideally, you know, the conversations I've been having with people, it's like, you know, are people going to come even if we can meet? Uh, I don't know if you with little ones want to, you know, bring your little ones to church. And yeah, I know we're people of faith and we believe God and our God's a healer. Uh, but there needs to be wisdom involved too. So watch the text, watch the email for what's going on. This coming up week, this is very exciting because, uh, our connect groups are meeting, uh, men and uh, this coming up Wednesday men of purpose are uh, we're gonna meet up at Dominic's house over in Harriman at 7 p.m uh, I think there'll probably be a, a zoom stream with that um, one of us will bring a laptop and set that up but that's 7 p.m on Wednesday night uh, and also men if you're not a part of the group text that we have, uh, Dominic encourages us every day pretty much and sends out uh, encouraging words to all of us. I want to encourage you to get on that text as well. Then he'll be texting out information, including his address, all those things. So uh, make sure you're involved. Don't get stuck out on an island in this lockout, right? We need to be as much of a family now as when we're gathering, right? Friday night, Friday Night Live with the youth and Joel. Uh, parents, you can contact Joel. He too sends out texts and stuff. 
Uh, if you are not involved, the ladies have a text thread, the men have a text thread, the students have a text thread. Just make sure you're involved in those things, right? Uh, the midweek Bible study is going on. We're talking about the attributes of God, and that's right here on YouTube. You can watch that whenever. You can pick up the podcast, have it playing in your car when you're driving to work or driving wherever. I want you to know that these things are out there so you can stay hooked up, right? So if you have any questions or if you need information or you need the phone numbers to get involved, um, 801-391-6969. You can text any questions to that. If you want to email, uh, you can contact me directly at pastordan at thebridgelive.org. Um, you can go to info at thebridgelive.org, send an email there, or Pastor Michelle at thebridgelive.org. Any of those will get you through to somebody. We check those emails every day okay again like and subscribe to this channel if it speaks to you uh we're across all the platforms as far as podcasts go itunes spotify google play um and of course right here on youtube okay now if you uh, are um wanting to give today briefly just uh all the usual suspects you can text bridge live all capitals to 77977 uh, go to our website, thebridgelive.org, click the, the um, Give tab, the Give button right there on the right, and you can it'll hook you up. And a good thing about the way we've got the system now, you can set up an account one time. Should take you less on either one of those platforms, less than 30 seconds to give, which is a good thing, right? Nobody wants to put numbers in and do all these things. Or if you're good with just sending a check, you can do it to P.O. Box 95985, South Jordan, Utah, 84095. And uh, I believe I said this last week, but if you choose to um, come to one of the Connect groups, let us know. Uh, we have Connect cards there if you need prayer, which you can send to any of those things, those emails and stuff I said uh, briefly. Um, if you need prayer, if you need help, if you need anything, you can text or email to those numbers. Um, and, and, you know, if you need offering envelopes, we've got all this stuff at all the connect groups. Okay. Uh, now in Isaiah 54 verse 14, uh, I ran across this verse in my devotional this week and it really encouraged me. And, and in this season, I know we're starting to parlay out of what's going on and, and all this stuff and people are encouraged and people are out. But listen to what it says in Isaiah 54. This is the chapter after the redemption chapters that, you know, sometimes we can peek and, and we start sliding. But listen to what he says. In righteousness, you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear and, uh, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Okay, this would be a good refrigerator verse for today, right? It says for, uh, it says far from fear and oppression. What a wonderful and reassuring message from the word of God, right? It's a promise. It's a guarantee, right? And, and it, it guarantees us a peace of mind to knowing that, that, uh, in my righteousness, I am established, right? There's no mental hassles, right? No mental fatigue, no oppression, no depression, and we can appropriate peace to ourselves, right? And if we consider peace as a shield, 
that Jesus is our peace and he brought peace with him and he's our shield, you know, we have no battle with our mind, right? Because our mind is generally, you know, our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions is generally where the problem is, right? They can, our thoughts either originate with the Holy Spirit or an evil spirit or with a human spirit, right? They come from one of three places. And uh, if we, one of the ministries we're going to learn about today from 1 Corinthians 12 is discerning of spirits. The, uh, this discernment is the ability to isolate out these thoughts and determine the origin and the source and then have a proper response to it. I think sometimes a lot of us, uh, until you learn these things, you don't have a clue what the proper response or if there even is a response, right? So thinking about this, the Holy Spirit and his thought life is, is always going to exalt Jesus. Right, an evil spirit's always going to discredit Jesus, and the here human spirit or our soul is always going to attempt to exalt myself. You know, I'm so clever, I'm so smart. Look at my ability, look at my achievements. Okay, so when you're discerning your thought life, you can put it into one of those categories is this thought exalting Jesus? Is this thought discrediting Jesus? Or is this thought all about me? Right? And you can put it into one of those categories and then your thoughts don't ever have to annoy you. Right? And we are stabilized. We are, are you know, you think of a stabilizer. It's something that, that we bump into or lean on. Right? And we're stabilized by the righteousness of God. We need not to be plagued by oppressive mental or thought life impulses. You know, uh, even Dave Ramsey and some of these guys is like, if you're doing a mental impulse buying, that's never good, <laughs> you know? So if we're having mental impulse thinking, that's no good, right? We, we end up victimized or dominated by fearful, terrifying, or traumatic suggestions, and these memories and these images just destroy us, right? We end up living in the past. We end up living uh, uh, under shame and condemnation. Remember, condemnation never comes from God, right? So uh, whenever any wrong thought comes into our mind, we can verbally speak a word to refuse it. And we can say this, say this with me, say, I do not accept that thought. Okay, uh, Jesus doesn't think that way and neither do I. You know, I'd write this down and say it every time that oh, you have a mental struggle, right? So do I do not accept this thought. Jesus doesn't think this way and neither do I. I, and then finally say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, and then you can discern those thoughts and cancel out the old ones or the bad ones and keeping that information on the forefront of our mind will keep us far from oppression. And then all of a sudden, the more we live free, the more we can walk in victory. Amen. It's week four of the Spirit of God. And uh, today, um, we're going to pray in just a minute, and then we're going to talk about the power that comes with the Holy Spirit, right? Remember, Spirit of God's our series, and, and this is week four, and there's a power that comes with the Holy Spirit. So let's pray, and uh, let's come into agreement that this word's going to speak to us, and, uh, and we'll get going and get through this today. Amen. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you are King, you are Lord, you are victorious, you are our um, our discerner, our helper, the Holy Spirit, you're our uh, 
are all in all, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And Father, we thank you that we are allowed to, to walk under the shadow of your wings. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray you speak to everyone uh, through these channels of uh, either the podcast or YouTube, Father. But, uh, Father, you teach us something that we've never seen before, something we've never heard before. And Father, in all things today, you are exalted. In all things, God, you are lifted up. You are um, uh, praised and glorified for all that you do and all that you speak to each one of us today through your Holy Spirit. So Father, we thank you and we honor you that we can read and study your word. We can gather together under this uh, stream and Father, we can hear your voice. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen. All right, so um, John 14, verse 16 and 17 is kind of our uh, text scripture for this series. Um, again, we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit because I think the, um, I've said this before through this series, the Holy Spirit is is the most misunderstood part of the Trinity. And, and I think a lot of times in church circles, we don't hear about these things and there's unlimited power available, but we never ever really pick up on it because nobody ever teaches on these things. So Right here in John 14, verse 16 is our text verse for this series. And it's, it, and it's Jesus speaking. Again, he's telling his disciples uh, he's preparing to leave the night before. He says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Now, Jesus was their helper up to this point. But here comes another one. He's not abandoning us, not leaving us. Um, Jesus was the first comforter and now he's getting ready to leave them. And one um, translation says that he's not going to leave them as orphans, which hallelujah is a good thing. He says, I will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. That's important knowing God's never going to leave us nor desert us. And he's always available and, and never out of town. Right. Um, he goes on here, verse 17, he says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Okay, so we can see that uh, we're, we're clearly talking about the dual work of the Holy Spirit in the believer. Uh, we've been talking about this for four weeks and we see here that the, the Holy Spirit's going to do two things. Um, he's going to abide with them forever and he uh, uh, and he is going to be in me and he is going to be uh, with me. Okay. Uh, and remember, we've seen in this, we see the disciples watch Jesus get crucified, watch him killed on the cross. He's put in a tomb and he rises again. And we looked at this over in John 20. Jesus shows up in the room with the disciples. They're hiding. They're scared. They're afraid. Okay. Uh, I think all of us probably just came through a season of that. Okay. Jesus shows up. He says, look, disciples, here I am. I am alive. Uh, they, they recognize him. They call him Lord. He's like, stick your hand in my side and, uh, and in my fingers uh, or your fingers in my hands and in my feet. And they do these things and they call him Lord. Then finally, in that passage, we look like Jesus breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. So in my thinking, reading that, that story, these disciples, these guys who were in that room, they were hiding and afraid, had to receive something from Jesus. 
right? And, and we discovered that uh, they were born again at that point. Remember, Jesus has risen from the dead. Mary saw him earlier. He's gone to the Father. He's, he's given his blood as the sacrifice. And now he's back and he's talking to these things and to these guys. And we see at that point, their nature was changed because they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. It says in Luke 24. So their nature was changed. They were born again. They were changed from within. Then Jesus tells them to stay in Jerusalem and wait for the promise. The promise being the Holy Spirit, right? And Jesus just in John 14, 15, 16 talks in great detail of what's going to happen. The another, that word another in the Greek, allos, another of the same kind. So it's Jesus coming Jesus leaving and the Holy Spirit coming. Then in Acts chapter 1, right? Jesus has told them to stay in Jerusalem and wait. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, here's the disciples, right? He says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Okay? And, and he says, uh, which, he said, you have heard from me. Direct reference to John 14, okay? Verse 5, but John surely baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then they ask him a question about um, restoring the kingdom, and he answers. And then in verse 8, okay, verse 8, listen to what he says carefully. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Okay, this is the power we're going to talk about today. And you shall be, catch this, witnesses... Uh, literally, it says, uh, builders of the church are literally my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So he's telling them, hang on, because there's a power coming from the one that I promised, the promise of the Father, there's, there's power coming, and then you're going to be a witness, right? Witnesses to me. Essentially, he's telling them you're going to need this power to fulfill the great commission, right? And in Acts 2, the power shows up and then all of a sudden they're witnesses for Jesus, okay? And if we read the book of Acts and read carefully, you can see and you can understand how this power takes place. And Jesus is making three points in these verses about um, the power that's coming. First of all, he says the Holy Spirit is a person. He said that in John 14. And the power by which assistance and ability are given for this service. So what's the service? Being a witness. Okay? There's power and ability, or assistance and ability are given for serving, for being a witness, for sharing the life and the power of God's kingdom with others. Right. This is what's going to this is what this power is bringing. The second thing is that Jesus is saying this power must be received. It's not automatic when born in salvation. It's automatic. But surely as the Holy Spirit indwells in each believer at the new birth, he, you know, he will fill and overflow uh, each one of us that receives the Holy Spirit just with childlike faith. That's all you have to do to receive it is just say, I want this. Jesus is talking about the second experience. Remember, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in John 7, where Jesus says, uh, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow 
rivers, literally fountains of living water. That means, you know, we're going to have a power to help others. It's not for us. The Holy Ghost and the experience and the baptism was never for us. It's to empower us to be a witness. Okay, the power is available uh, for to, to receive this power to share the gospel. It's not for personal gain. Right? And then we can see this power when it comes. <clears throat> the Bible gives clearly two lists of nine characteristics that come uh, with this power, with being born again. There comes nine out of Galatians 5. Turn over there and look at verse 16. In Galatians 5, there's the, the ones that come with the first experience when you're born again. And then in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, there's a second list that's called gifts. I prefer manifestations of the Holy Spirit and we're going to look at today that come with the second uh, giving of power that comes from the Holy Spirit. So Galatians chapter 5 Let's start reading in verse 16, and we can see here that uh, these are called fruits, right? And, and or we could call them virtue, uh, uh, virtues, um, and, and, or uh, characterized as fruit in contrast to works. These aren't works. They're things that are a part of us, okay? Verse 16, and I say then, this is Paul writing to the church in Galatia. He says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust flesh against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And they're contrary to one another. Simply born again and not born again. Could they fight against each other? Even after we're born again, we still deal with the flesh because it's, it's a it's a it's a process okay verse 18 for if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law okay that's important to know that um he, he's writing to christians who who have a very heavy jewish influence right so they're not under the law it's a decision okay now the works of the flesh are evident and he lists them here right and it's very interesting to notice that there's adultery fornication uncleanness lewdness idolatry sorcery hatred contentions jealousies outbursts of wrath selfish ambitious dissensions heresies all right all self-serving notice all of these things like we were talking about before they all serve self they're all about me all about i right uh he goes on verse 21 Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and of the like, which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things won't inherit the kingdom of God because, you know, they're not born again. How would they know? Okay. But listen to what he says here in verse 22. Okay. He says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such, there is no law because we're not under the law. Right. And, and now consider these things, these virtues um, as fruit in contrast to works. These are, this is not a list of works. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can produce them in us. And this happens at the new birth. Another contrast is that whereas the, the works of the flesh are plural, we see them listed here, right? It's plural. The fruit of the spirit are one and indivisible. You get the whole group, right? They're, they're, they may be split up in, into three different categories, which I'll talk about in a second, but they are considered one fruit of the spirit. 
in contrast to works of the flesh, okay? Works of the flesh are multi, uh, fruit of the spirit is one. They all come together. Now, where the spirit is in charge, fruit is produced, okay? The first three of these, these fruits, right? Joy, uh, love, and peace uh, concern our attitude toward God. Okay, the second three deal with our social relationships, which has been challenged lately because of social distancing, right? And that's long-suffering, kindness, and goodness. And the third three describe principles that can guide Christian conduct, our, our attitude towards God, our faithfulness, our gentleness, and our self-control. Um, you know, it, it's simply, it's the character and nature of God that we as born-again Christians walk in, right? We're born of God and it's a work of the Holy Spirit and it's producing in our life. And this happens at the boarding again experience. I can probably say that most of us who have been born again don't look like what we did before we were born again. We're completely different people. Why? Because we're producing these fruit in our lives. And that's just the work of the Holy Ghost in us. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, we see manifestations of the Spirit or manifestations of the power of the Spirit. Is, is, these are when you are uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to manifest these things. And I want to be careful here because there's two different things that words that can cause people to stumble. One is gifts. And then there's manifestations. These have been called gifts of the Spirit. Well, in my mind, if I get a gift, it's mine. And I get to keep it. Where if it's a manifestation of the Spirit, it's coming through my Spirit and it's manifesting the Spirit of God through me. Okay? Uh, we'll talk more about that in a minute. But the thing about it is these processes, that these nine that we're going to talk about that bring power don't belong to us. They're not assigned to us. They're not a part of us. It's a manifestation of the Spirit of God through us. And it's always to help someone else. Because remember, in Acts 1.8, we are witnesses to the world. Okay? And in Matthew 24, Jesus says something, which is interesting. And he says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, then the end will come. Why didn't he just say until everybody hears uh, um, uh, the power of God will come in the end, as soon as everybody hears. But he puts that word witness in there. Okay, the witness is an interesting word. Um, it, he says the word of God will be preached for a witness. A witness. Now in Revelation 15, the same word witness is translated testimony. In the Greek, it's uh, martyrion, and, and it's where we, we get the word martyr. And, and if you you know research it further, we see it, it means uh, an evidenced witness. Okay, when we see these disciples in Acts, they evidenced the works of God, right? So they were evidenced witnesses. They have proof, or it's a proclamation of personal experience. Now, if we think back to the old covenant, the tabernacle of God, which evidences God's presence, is a testimony to the covenant between him and men. Okay. Now there's two types of witnesses. If we, if we define it further, all right, uh, there's one that's a, a testimony from personal knowledge, right? Sometimes we go to court and we have to testify. 
Okay, uh, you know, we can testify a proclamation of personal experience. We see an, an accident, perhaps somebody ran a red light and crashed into somebody else. We have firsthand personal experience knowledge knowing, and then we swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God, that we have personal experience and testimony that that car ran the red light. We totally saw it, okay? So we can testify from personal knowledge or as a witness, we can testify by our actions, all right? Jesus himself said, you will, they will know you are my disciples by the love you have for the brethren, right? It's not by what you say, it's just the way you act. And honestly, this is those nine uh, uh, characterizations in, in Galatians in action because you're going to be all those things. So we can be a witness by what we say and we can be a witness by what we do, okay? And, and that's important because if we look at the behavior of the disciples, right? Just, just to look at, not even you or me, just the disciples in the book of Acts, right? They had a total change of attitude, the way they act, the way they talk, and the way they, they were um, in front of people Right? They had a total change because they were hiding and afraid to standing in the streets proclaiming Jesus as Lord in the temple, even preaching the gospel. And they got arrested for it and they got beat up. Right? If we, we Acts chapter 2, there's Pentecost, we see uh, the Spirit of God falls on those guys and fills them. Right? Next chapter, here's Peter walking down the street preaching. He's preaching that sermon from Joel in chapter two, chapter three, a lame guy gets healed. He's a problem because they're in the temple having these discussions. Who is this guy, right? He brings them trouble and they get arrested for that. Then, you know, they could have just said, well, I guess it's not God's will for me to, to do these things. No, man, they kept going. They kept pressing forward. 5,000 are saved and filled with the spirit. And it brings me great comfort what the Pharisees said when when Peter and John are standing in front of him, he said, these are uneducated, untrained men. And they marveled. I'm like, hallelujah. You know, I haven't fit into that. Gives me great comfort. That the power was so strong with these guys. It's like they haven't even been trained. They haven't been taught. They haven't been to seminary. They haven't been to college. They haven't been in anything. But they are witnesses. And they're carrying a power so strong they couldn't deny it. A couple months ago, these guys were hiding, right? Here, look in Acts 5. This should be our church, guys. This should be who we are, right? Look at Acts 5. And though the hands of the apostles, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. That's where they would hang out and preach and teach. That was where church was, right? Yet none of the rest dare join them. The people esteemed them highly. They were amazed at what they were doing. 14, verse 14. And the believers were increasingly added to the Lord multitudes, both men and women. You want to know how to greatest church growth seminar right here. So that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they all marveled. What were they marveling at? This is the greatest attention giver ever. They were marveling at the power of God in action. 
Why don't we have this power operating in our church? You know, why don't we have this manifestation of the spirit operating in today's church? Well, thanks for asking, because uh, there, there needs to be an expectation and a realization of that, the power of God. That's why we're teaching this series. And I really wish we could be together to do this thing. And we've seen it operate in our church services. I'm not saying that, you know, we're missing it totally and all this stuff. We have had those things in our service. But I think when we come with an expectation and we come with the realization that the power and spirit of God is real, it will manifest itself in our services. So let's look at this power of the spirit in manifestation. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 12 uh we can here's paul writing to the corinthian church and he's he's totally um uh, the corinthians were abusing the power of god and spiritual gifts um apparently regarding themselves as the end and 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 know that uh paul in his letter some of these verses in first and second corinthians are pretty scathing I mean, it's pretty uh, a corrective letter. And he spells these nine things out clearly. The how the power of God is supposed to manifest himself. And he, he uh, introduces three guiding principles that distinguish the ways of the Holy Spirit. Clearly, through all these verses. First of all, there's conscious control. Okay, let me just get this out here. There is, we've all seen the, you know, nuts. But it, there is conscious control. The Holy Spirit does not drive people into wild, compulsive acts. Right? And, and he's not nuts. He's a gentleman. He has a dove-like ministry. And he strengthens human personality. He empowers, not overpowers. Right, And this kept me from Pentecostal circles for a long time. I would hear spirit-filled church and I'd be like, ah, ah, no way am I getting involved with that. Those people are nuts. They're crazy. Uh, what is it? It's just what the Corinthians were doing. It was a, a, a misinterpretation of what was happening. Right, So there's conscious control. The second thing is that Christ is glorified. All manifestations of the Spirit will glorify and harmonize with Jesus in the Gospels. Right? It's the, it's why I'm, I'm like, you have to understand the character and nature of God Wednesday nights. Otherwise, when the crazy starts, you can look at it and go, that's not God. Right? And the third thing is everything the Holy Spirit does, much like Jesus is glorified, the whole, everything the Holy Spirit does points to Jesus. And isn't it interesting, this is a, a great place to start when you're going to study out the character and nature of God. Everything the Holy Spirit does points to Jesus. And Jesus himself said everything he does comes from the Father. So they work together in this thing. And if there's an outside source coming in, I'm sorry, that's not God. Now, Paul identifies clearly a spiritual gift as a supernatural ability bestowed on an individual by the Holy Spirit, okay? It's not heightened natural ability. Again, let me say manifestations. It's tangible God, visible evidence of his activity. Now, I want to kind of start in verse 11, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11, which is the end of this passage, and I kind of want to work backwards because it lays a foundation, all right? Look at verse 11. But one and the same Spirit works all of these things, 
distributing to each one individually, circle these words and draw arrows to these words, highlight everything, he says, as he, the Holy Spirit, wills. Not as Pastor Dan wills, not as Chase wills or Pastor Michelle wills, as the Holy Ghost wills. Remember, the power that we're dealing with here is to testify or be a witness to Jesus. It's not about gain. It's not about financial help. It's not about healing and wholeness and all these things, which we operate in those circles, but it's not about personal gain. The power is designed to help us draw people in and get them in the kingdom. Okay? So it's visible evidence of his activity. So verse one here, let's read this. I'm going to read verse one through seven, and then we'll go step by step. Okay. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, again, gifts, manifestations, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Obviously they're ignorant and they're misusing these gifts for personal gain. So what uh, you now that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. If somebody denies Jesus or the power that comes with Jesus, or if he's the Son of God or calls him accursed, right? No one can say that Jesus is is um, Lord except by the Holy Spirit, he goes on here to say. Jesus, everything points to him. So how can somebody say that he's not? I mean, red flag should come up, right? Verse four, there are diversities, right? Diversities means allotments or various kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all, okay? But the manifestation, okay, of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, everybody, so we can be witnesses. So let's look at this. First one, uh, gifts is literally uh, concerning spirituals. He's talking about you know, that word gifts is, is translated literally spirituals. He's like, don't be ignorant of spirituals, meaning pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit, right? It's like, allow the Holy Spirit to be God, but understand that um there's more to this and allow him to be him. Now, Vine's uh, 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 interpretation of this says, now concerning the appointed activities of the Holy Ghost in the believer, I would not have you ignorant. I like that, right? Appointed activities of the Holy Ghost in the believer, don't be ignorant. Learn and study. That's why we teach these things. And understand this, this is big. Okay, the Holy Ghost is appointed to work or be active with power in you, in you, in everyone, not me, not Pastor Michelle, not just deacons or pastors or, or elders, everyone operates in these gifts, okay? And remember, manifestation, this is the manifestation or the, the Holy Spirit doing the work, not me, not us, it's not mine to keep. Right, We are operating to God's will and not our will. It does not belong to us. The Holy Spirit bestows the manifestation to who he wills as the occasion recommends from the divine viewpoint. Him working 
through me. We can say flashes of God's power, or uh, I like to call the Holy Ghost, um, you know, tangible God. God working in the earth tangibly. You can see it. All right. So let's talk about this. Let's read verse eight. He says, for the one who is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, through another word of knowledge, through the same spirit. So word of wisdom is simply a supernatural revelation or utterance of the plan and purpose of God, right? It's it's supernatural utterance or speaking, uh, supernaturally disclosing the mind, purpose, and way of God applied to a specific situation. Usually, most of the time, word of wisdom pertains to the future, seen or unseen, right? Talking and foretelling future events. Okay, now word of knowledge by the same spirit he's talking about here in verse 8 is supernatural revelation of certain facts in the mind of God. It has to do with things present or past. All right, so word of wisdom, future, word of knowledge, present or past. Um, We could talk about the woman at the well. Jesus knew something that was going on with her right now and knew what was going on in the past. He said, she said, I don't have a husband. And he said, you have had four husbands and the one you live with now isn't even your husband, right? So the uh, the things, the Holy Ghost, we could talk like like those gifts being the, the Holy Ghost appointed to do things the Holy Ghost is appointed to do supernaturally, right? Now, verse nine, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, right? Uh Faith by the same spirit is a measure of faith supernaturally. Um, uh, it's simply being uh, supernaturally being able to trust God more than just the word of God says. You know, faith comes by hearing. Uh, saving faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It, it's more than that. It's past that. It's a supernatural faith to believe for certain things. All right. Um, it is supernaturally trust and does not doubt with reference to specific matters involved. God is speaking something about his will to your spirit, faith outside what we could learn from the word, okay? Or what we could get supernaturally, okay? And notice gifts of healings. Gifts of healings is plural, right? The plurality of the gifts were a a lot of healings, right? Because there's how many billion sicknesses, Right, so we have a plurality of manifestations for a plurality of sicknesses, right? Different sicknesses and different supernatural abilities to combat those sicknesses. You know, I've seen preachers who have a um, uh, uh, an anointing one day to lay hands on the sick, and and those with tumors are healed, right? couple of years later you see that a guy again and he's laying on hands with the supernatural ability to open eardrums and a couple of years later he has a supernatural ability to lay hands on the blind and they can see right so it's a supernatural manifestation of the spirit of god to bring healing of a disease okay and we've seen that in our services where uh, uh, you know, during the transition, somebody will say, you know, who's got a, a sore shoulder? Or who's having shoulder issues or knees or shins or feet or whatever? That's a manifestation of gifts of healings, okay? Or manifestation of healings for, um, for shins or knees or whatever. And it's just what God's doing that day, all right? Verse 10, 
to another by the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Okay, so uh, we see the working of miracles. Okay, it's divine intervention in the ordinary course of nature. Okay, uh, and we've seen that you know the miracle drugs and the miracle drinks and uh, you know lose seventy three pounds tomorrow by drinking this drink. Those aren't miracle drinks; they're scams, right? Um, you know, even the the new birth in God's eyes isn't a miracle uh, because it's the normal course of nature. He set it up that way to be spiritually born again. You know, it's an ordinary action for as far as God is concerned. Um, God designed it that way. Uh, you know, not in the natural, but in the spiritual. And I always think of uh, Moses in the battle when he's fighting. And every time his arms were up, they were winning the battle. And when his arms went down, Israel was losing the battle. Well, what does holding your arms up have to do with winning a battle? Maybe you just forgot deodorant that day and you're just whacking everybody with the stench coming out of your pits. But it, it's interesting. You, you know, as long as his hands were up, they were winning the battle. It was a miracle that they were winning the battle. I mean, we see... Jesus in, in the Gospel of John turning water into wine. It was water, now it's wine. Naturally went from water to wine. It was a miracle, right? A feeding of the 5,000. One happy meal feeds 5,000. That's naturally a miracle, right? Uh, next one, prophecy. Supernatural utterance in a known language. Known to the speaker. Uh, now, it's not prophecy isn't always foretelling the future unless it's accompanied by a word of wisdom, okay? Then, uh, and we'll see that a lot of these gifts will, will come together where it'll take uh, supernatural faith in, in a manifestation of healing for somebody to get up off a hospital bed or a paralyzed person to get up out of a chair, those types of things, okay? Uh, it uh, prophecies an edifying, circle edifying, write that down, edifying revelation of the spirit for a moment, a sudden insight of the spiritual property, a prompting uh, of exhortation and comfort to the, to the person you're prophesying. It could be general, it could be personal, it could be whatever, all right? Make sure you understand edifying exhortation and comfort in the prophecy okay uh next discerning of spirits i i operate in this one a lot okay i can discern somebody's agenda pretty quick and, and uh it's the supernatural ability to discern the spirit world you can see into the spiritual and especially to detect the true source of circumstances or motives of people um, generally i can figure, discern things pretty quickly. I usually kind of already know what's going to happen before it happens, right? Um, and it's never, well, and I'm not going to say I've never. I'm going to say most of the time it's it's not, it doesn't have anything to deal with a devil. You know, people see devils under every rock, it seems like. But honestly, the Bible talks more about angels than demons. So most of the time it doesn't have to do with that. It just has people being confused and having a wrong agenda, Okay. So discerning of spirits. Finally, that he talks about tongues here, right? The, uh, the different kinds of tongues is the gift of speaking supernaturally in a language not known to the individual, right? She should have wrote a Honda, right? <laughs> it's a common one, right? Nobody knows what I said, 
but the plurality of tongues means that there's different forms and they can harmonize uh, with known languages, right? We see in Acts chapter 2 and 4 at the day of Pentecost, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 4, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling uh, in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own languages. So the people were speaking in a tongue, but there was people recognizing what they were saying. This happened in a, in a conference that we were at in a hotel room. Uh, some guy from another country walked by and he said, whoever's on a platform speaking my language, I'm understanding what he said, right? So the unknown utterance designs particularly of praying and singing in the spirit. Sometimes this one can be, and this is a personal thing for us. We can do it in secret place. We can do it in private times. Not necessarily always is this in a public setting. And most of the time, if you're going to pray in, in the spirit, in a different kind of tongue, in a corporate setting, you know, it's usually not a big loud thing. It's just usually kind of, you know, keep it to yourself. Now, interpretation of tongues is different. It's a gift rendering the language of what was spoken in an unknown tongue. Sometimes somebody, and wherever there's a, a, a tongue in public, it must be interpreted. That's the way I see this, okay? Uh, it's a, usually a message of the Spirit meaningful to others when exercised in public, right? And we're not translating a foreign language, but we're interpreting, interpreting what a God would like to say to somebody. We're rendering the language that was spoken in an unknown tongue, right? None of these require a public setting. These can happen in your home with your children, um, you know, but it can be welcomed in a public gathering, in a church service, in a connect group, or it can be in your personal prayer time. All of these things. I've had people text me and say, Pastor, I have a word for you. I believe the Lord is saying, right? So what do I do with that? When people do that to me, I'm going to take what they say and I'm going to put it up against the word of God and say, okay, does this sound like Jesus? Is this edifying? Is this uplifting? Is this exhorting? Is this all of this list that I'm comparing it to? Okay, now Jesus operated in all these gifts with the exception of speaking in tongues because the speaking of tongues gifting is for the church age. Jesus, Jesus did not live in the church age. Okay, and all of these manifestations take place so to help us be witnesses, right? We see the disciples operating in all nine of these things through the book of all these manifestations through the book of Acts. Why? So that they, because they were witnesses, you know, and they didn't think they were crazy. They didn't think they were nuts. They didn't think they were doing things outside the normal. As a matter of fact, we could see thousands and thousands of people followed them because of it. Right. And we've all been hurt and we've seen, you know, gain from this. We've seen people scatter, and, and, and those things happen because the, the character and nature of God that Galatians 5 talks about, those, those uh, manifestations of the spirit in the believer are never uh, manifesting themselves properly because the foundation of those gifts have never been laid. So these gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 end up a mess. 
And it's clear the way Paul designed this because the foundation has to be done in love. And sometimes I think the gifts don't operate because there is no foundation of love. Chapter 12 talks about the manifestations of the Spirit. We just saw it. Chapter 13 is the foundation of love. Chapter 14 talks about tongues and interpretation and prophecy in the church. It was written that way on purpose. I remember what verse 11 here in 1 Corinthians 12 says, that it says that the same spirit works all these things in distributing to each one individually as he wills. It's not as how man wills. It's not as has will as, as we will. It's as he wills. And all of these operations were given for one purpose. And that's back to Matthew 24. The, the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. Then the end will come. Then the power showed up. Receive power. The Holy Spirit will be upon you. And you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. Right? So these, this power is given not for my benefit. The Holy Spirit appoints us. Us. Remember that verse? We're appointed to be witnesses in the earth you know and and here's a church that knows everything knows the bible front to back cover to cover and can preach and teach and has reasoning beyond belief but you know what the power isn't evident because there's no love walk because it's not been properly installed into the church and there's no foundation of the fruit of the holy spirit in action so in this holy spirit and in this power you know, we grow in the character and nature of God. I'm not saying anybody, everybody arrives and everything's great, but we grow in this thing. Then there's a power that's in us. And then the power of spirit on us, you know, being filled with the Holy Ghost. And then the operations and manifestations of the spirit take place. That's healings and gifts of faith and all these things we just talked about. And it's attractive to people. And so they come in and the Holy Spirit is appointed to perform and operate on behalf of the people through us, not for our benefit, so that people come to the kingdom. Everything's about people coming to the kingdom. And, and the Holy Ghost is appointed to work or be active with power in us. He's appointed to do those things, everyone. And that should be reassuring to us to the church, comes with power to the church, not to a pastor, not to a bishop or a leader or an elder, to God's people, right? To work in me, to help others, to be a witness for Jesus. I hope this helps because this has been a mess for a long time. And there's usually two camps in the church. One that's all about the fruit of the spirit and then, then knuckleheads who are crazy. <laughs> right? So let me, let me just share first from my heart. I've seen both sides of this and, and know that, um, you know, God loves his people. Everything's about his people. And maybe you, you've been saved for a while and you've been operating in the fruit, but you don't have the manifestations of the Spirit in your life. Well, let's talk about your love walk for a second. Because everything God does is based in love. Everything, you know, the character and nature of God is based in those nine fruits in Galatians 5. Which ones are operating in your life? And all of them should be operating in your life. 
So let's pray, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive today. Uh, you can receive Jesus as your Lord if you've never done that before, or you can receive Jesus as uh, again and recommit. And, and when I say commit, I need you to really commit and say, Lord, I am going to earnestly seek after you. And, and I would encourage you just to read those nine gifts in, in Galatians 5 over and over and over and ask God to operate in you through those things. You know, uh, you know, joy, love, peace, long suffering, all of those things. So let's pray. And then I want to give you an opportunity. Just uh, I'm going to virtually lay hands on you today. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you are God, that you are king. Father, that you reveal to us these uh, manifestations of your spirit in, in 1 Corinthians 12 so that we can we can be witnesses to you in the earth god so that we can lift up jesus and exalt jesus and that father we pray that the holy ghost is going to move through our church and these manifestations of the spirit of god are going to begin to take place even virtually even across youtube and and through the podcast father i pray for for everybody listening today and god i i virtually lay hands on everybody who's under the sound of my voice today. And Father, if they want to receive the Holy Ghost today, God, I pray they just say, I receive. And Father, if they want to receive Jesus today as their Lord and Savior and, and get the, 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 the beginning and feeling of having the Holy Ghost in them, they just say, Jesus, I receive. And Father, if they want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, maybe they've walked their life out, been saved for a long time, never been filled with the Holy Ghost. I just pray, God, right now that they just say, they put their hands out like this and they say, I receive the Holy Ghost. And Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this church, in this city, in this state. And Father, as these people are filled, we'll see the love walk increase and the manifestations of the Spirit increase all around this place, God. And we thank you for it. And we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if that's you today and you've received Jesus as your Lord or you, you, you can sense the Spirit of God in that place, tell us about it. Text um, or email and say, uh, give us your testimony because we want to share it with everybody. Just the one testimony of one person can change lives everywhere. Because everybody is, somebody's had your same experience, okay? Uh, remember, this is a safe place and we love you. And I just want to encourage you today and, and know that uh, you are loved. We can't wait to get back together with you again. And I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace. God bless you. I'll see you Wednesday night for Logos. And we'll continue with the attributes of God. See ya Wednesday. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the South Jordan, West Jordan, Harriman, or Riverton area, we would love for you to come and engage with us at our weekend gathering at the Daybreak Community Center in Daybreak, which is attached to South Jordan. For directions, service time, and information about our fabulous children and student environments, head over to thebridgelive.org for information and we'll see you next time.